Good evening and welcome to St. Michael and All Angels on this beautiful evening and we hope that you'll enjoy the service. I start off by the words of, does anybody hear her? These are the words of the lyrics from the crown, casting crowns. She is running a hundred miles an hour in the wrong direction. She is trying for the canyons ever widening in the depths of her cold heart. So she sets out to another misadventure just to find. She's another two years older and she's three more steps behind. Does anybody hear her? Can anybody see? Or does anybody even know she's going down today under the shadow of our steeple? with all the lost and lonely people searching for the hope that's tucked away in you and me. Does anybody hear her? Can anybody see? She is yearning for shelter and affection that she never found at home. She is searching for a hero to ride in, to ride in and save the day. And in walks her prince, charming. And he knows just what to say. Momentary lapse of reason. And she gives herself away. Does anybody hear her? Can anybody see? Or does anybody even know she's going down today? Under the shadow of our steeple. With all the lost and lonely people. Searching for the hope that's tucked away in you and me. Does anybody hear her? Can anybody see? If judgment looms under every steeple, if lofty glances from lofty people can't see past her scarlet glitter, and we never even met her, never even met her, never even met her, does anybody hear her? Does anybody see? Or does anybody even know she's going down today under the shadow of our steeple with all the lost and lonely people searching for the hope that's tucked away in you and me? Does anybody hear her? Does anybody see? Does anybody even know she's going down today? under the shadow of our steeple, with all the lost and lonely people, searching for the hope that's tucked away in you and me. Does anybody hear her? Does anybody see? In the name of God, the blessed and holy Trinity. Amen. Amen. Loving and compassionate God, we thank you for our many blessings bestowed on us each day. Help us to open our hearts to all, family, friends, and strangers. We ask for your guidance as we seek to do your will. Amen. We ended our morning session with a reflection on 2 Samuel chapter 13, verse 1 to 22. And the reading ends with Absalom taking revenge to honor his family's reputation and his own ego. 
we notice that Tamar's feelings are nowhere considered. Here is a story in scripture where men and women work together to liberate their people from death. As it is written in dealing with rape, we are not trying to see women as victims, but equal members of society who need justice. Which Mordecai asked Esther to use her position to get justice for her people from the king. We too are being called to do so. A reading from Esther chapter 4. When Mordecai learned all this had been done, Mordecai tore his clothes and put on sackcloth and ashes and went through the city wailing with a loud and bitter cry. He went up to the entrance of the king's gate, for no one might enter the king's gate clothed with sackcloth. In every province, wherever the king's command and his decree came, there was a great mourning among the Jews and fasting and weeping and lamenting, and most of them lay in sackcloth and ashes. When Esther's maids and her eunuchs came and told her, the queen was deeply distressed. She sent garments to clothe Mordecai so that he might take off his sackcloth, but he would not accept them. Then Esther called for Hathak, one of the king's eunuchs, who had been appointed to attend her, and ordered him to go to Mordecai to learn what was happening and why. Hathak went out to Mordecai, in the open square of the city in front of the king's gate. And Mordecai told him all that had happened to him and the exact sum of money that Haman had promised to pay into the king's treasuries for the destruction of the Jews. Mordecai also gave him a copy of the written decree issued in Susa for their destruction that he might show it to Esther, explain it to her and charge her to go to the king to make supplication for him and entreat him for her people. Hathak went and told Esther what Mordecai had said. Then Esther spoke to Hathak and gave him a message for Mordecai. All the king's servants and the people of the king's province know that if any man or woman goes to the king inside the inner court without being called, there is but one law. All alike are to be put to death. Only if the king holds out the golden scepter to the someone, may that person live. I myself have not been called to come into the king for thirty days. Mordecai told them to reply to Esther, Do not think that in the king's palace you will escape any more than all the other Jews. For if you keep silence at such a time as this, relief and deliverance will rise from the Jews from another quarter. But you and your father's family will perish. Who knows? Perhaps you have come to royal dignity for just such a time as this. Then Esther said in reply to Mordecai, Go gather all the Jews to be found in Susa and hold a fast on my behalf and neither eat nor drink for three days, nights or day. I and my maids will also fast as you do. After that I will go to the king, though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. Mordecai then went away and did everything as Esther had ordered him. We now make use of some handouts prepared in the book Beloved of 
A God, originally authored by Erica Murray and updated by the publishing committee of the Anglican Church of Southern Africa. Rape is a violent crime in which a person uses sexual acts to intentionally harm and hurt another. We cannot talk about rape in polite terms or hide the truth about it. Rape is an abuse of power and an abuse of sex. It is important for rape survivors to understand the exact meaning of the laws on rape for two reasons. Firstly, a rape survivor needs enough information about the law to know that whether her case has a chance of succeeding or not. And secondly, the survivor needs to know exactly what is expected of them to prove that the rapist is guilty in the eyes of the law. The Criminal Law, Sexual Offences and Related Matters Amendments Act, Act 32 of 2007, has been in effect in South Africa since the 16th of December 2007. This law states that it is a crime to intentionally commit a sexual act against another person without that person's consent. A formal definition of rape currently used in our legal systems is any person who unlawfully and intentionally commits an act of sexual penetration with a complaint without the consent of the complainant is guilty of the offence of rape. South Africa has one of the highest incidents of rape in the world. Twelve times more women are raped and murdered in South Africa every year than in any other country in the world. The police recorded 41,583 rapes in 2018-19, up from 40,035 rapes in 2017-2018. This means that an average of 114 rapes were recorded by the police each day. The rape rate increased from 70.5 in 2017-2018 to 72.1 in 2018-19. These were the stats released to Parliament in September of 2019. Reading the papers on Monday leaves us all devastated and angry. Here are some titles of newspapers. The war on women is real. A 14-year-old was abducted on Saturday night. She was stabbed 42 times. Her throat was slit and she was repeatedly raped. She died at 3 on Sunday morning. Uyanene Makhwetiana a 19-year-old University of Cape Town student was raped and killed by a 42-year-old employer of the Clare Inch Post Office, where she went to collect a parcel. Details of his confession were heard in court on Monday. A woman of 20 was found dead in a drain pipe on Saturday. She had been raped. Boxing champion Leandra Baby Lee Juckles was killed by her policeman ex-boyfriend against whom she had got a protection order. The SAPS sergeant died in hospital on Monday from injuries sustained when he crashed his car, killing two other people. Also on Monday, the body of a 14-year-old, Yannicka Mallow, who had gone missing in Heinz Park on Saturday, was found buried in a backyard. Further details have emerged of the killing of 19-year-old 
Jesse Hess, a University of the Western Cape student and church leader, found dead with her grandfather in their Perot flat. In what is now being called a national emergency violence against women, also those who are meant to protect women. Listen. At least 55 rape complaints against police officers were investigated in the six months between April to September 2018, according to the 2018-19 annual report of the police watchdog, the Independent Police Investigation, Investigative Directorate, IPID. This is six more than over the same period in 2017. Of the 15 rapes by police officers, 13, 32 were by off-duty policemen and 23 happened when the policemen were on duty, up by 5%, according to the IPID report. The Eastern Cape recorded the most rapes by police officers, six on duty, doubling from the period in 2017, and eight rapes by off-duty policemen, up from two. Only the Northern Cape did not record a rape by a police officer. And rapes in police custody are by, up by one to six. That they should not happened, have happened at all as men and women must by SAPS standing orders be in separate holding cells. The Prosecuting Services 2018-2019 annual report tabled in Parliament reflects the disjunct between the violence and the crime against women and these cases journey through the criminal justice system. While there is no direct connection, because cases may carry on in court beyond a financial year, which is the official time frame for the measurement, there are strong correlations. Official statistics show what advocacy groups have argued for eons. Only a tiny number make it to court. Once in court, however, the National Prosecuting Authority seems to be getting the convictions. Of 66 cases, of what the NPA annual report describes as murder, intimate partner femicide, 64 convictions were obtained. There were only two acquittals. Not all of the over 2,639 murders of women in 2017-18 would have been by their partner, but no further details of convictions for murdered women are in the report. Of the 6,341 sexual offences, including rape, that were brought to court, 4,716 convictions were obtained according to the NPA 2017-18 annual report. This represents a conviction rate of 74.4%, the highest in the past five years, a clear indication of the commitment of the prosecutors to act decisively against perpetrators of sexual violence, says the annual report. These are steps forward, even if baby steps. But it does mean the Hawks on Tuesday could issue a statement to welcome two life sentences imposed on 43-year-old Philip Malope for the tra trafficking and rape of a 14-year-old girl whom he had lured from her parents' home in Mozambique. In Parliament, Tuesday's gender debate in the House honouring of Women's Day took a few turns as a media briefing towards afterwards on government action to fight gender-based violence shed little light on concrete action. 
it did emerge that social development was training 8,750 traditional leaders to, among other things, see the world through the eyes of a girl child. As Deputy Social Development Minister Henrietta Bokopane Zulu put it, and work towards establishing a gender-based violence and femicide council is continuing. The time for words is over. What support can we as the church provide? Where are our safe spaces for women? How are we making it her century? What inst institution should be put in place to eliminate gender-based violence and femicide? What about rape and gender-based violence in the church? Do we know about safe church? How can we help and get involved? Remember that when it comes to gender-based violence and also to rape, the perpetrator can be known or unknown and could be a family member, colleague, partner or stranger. There is frequently random abuse by a stranger. Gender-based violence results in physical, psychological, sexual and economic harm to women and includes threats of coercion, human trafficking, drug mulling, forced prostitution and sex slavery, recruiting and grooming for child porn involvement in criminal syndicates, forms of violence, harassment, rape, domestic violence, reproductive coercion, honor killings, mob violence, labola violence, ukutkwala, forced gender mutilation, virginity testing, forced abortions, child brides, war rapes. Should a protection order be made permanent, that this could also constitute gender-based violence. We need to use our activism and our advocacy to ensure that these cases are vigorously investigated, that forensic and other evidence is expertly collected, that the prosecution's case is thoroughly prepared, and that if the verdict is guilty, the provision of the minimum sentencing legislation will be adhered to and that inappropriate, uh, inappropriate mitigating circumstances such as we have seen coming out of recent judgments will not be found. As we reflect on all this, here are some of the faces of rape. Date rape, the most common and most unreported. Gang rape or jack rolling often the most brutal as the groups encourage one another to prove themselves and often using the most extreme forms of violence it is seen as fun by the perpetrators. Marital rape 
This is now a crime in South Africa, as the definition of rape is consent-based. Serial rape. This is someone who commits multiple rapes, whether with multiple victims or a single victim repeatedly over a period of time. L like Moses Mavila in KZM, who was sentenced on September 2019 for the rapes committed as part of a job scam. Rape as a tool of war. Here rape is used to punish, terrorize and or destroy populations. In some cases, armies, rebel groups and terrorist organizations employ sexual violence as a strategy to pursue their objectives. In other cases, commanders allow their soldiers to rape women and girls as a form of reward. Sexual violence during wartime is often committed in public and by several attackers. It includes gang rape and attacks with objects and weapons which are inserted in the victim's vaginas or anus. Conflict-related sexual violence takes different forms, such as sexual slavery, forced prostitution, and sexual torture. Wartime rape affects both men and women. Men can be victims and women can be perpetrators. Under international law, conflict-related sexual violence is, is characterized as war crime and crimes against humanity. We have seen recent incidents of this in Bosnia, the DRC, Sudan, and those being used by ISIS and Boko Haram. Sex rape by a stranger. This is the type of rape women are warned against. Do not walk in dark places, do not walk alone, etc. This happens, but it is not as common as rape by a known and trusted person. Seven, incense, rape by a family member such as a father, brother, ankle, etc. Or finally, the rape of children, usually girl children. In thinking about rape, we need to break the following myth. Rape is not a crime resulting from uncontrollable sexual passion. Rape is a crime of violence where sex is used as a weapon of control. Women of all ages are raped. Old women and children are raped. Rape has nothing to do with the, what, what the victim wears or does not wear. Often the victim, the survivor rather, is blamed for being raped. Questions are asked about her morality, the clothes she was wearing, the company she was keeping, the time of night, the place she was walking. What was she doing? People ask that she was raped. Let us rather ask questions of the rapist. A woman does not ask to be raped. She becomes a person subjected to a violent crime where a man violates her body, her integrity and her soul by forcing himself on her. In a rape, a woman is desecrated. Her distress and her resistance mean nothing to the perpetrator. Rape is an act of violence and a means of control. Like the story of Tamar, rape is about the abuse of power by one person over another. The, the perpetrator, like Amnon, takes what he wants by force.
why do men rape? Reasons why men rape are varied and complex. However, all rape is underlined by issues of power and control. In a patriarchal and violent context like the one in which we live in South Africa, the high incidence of violence in the form of rape that is inflicted by men against women is almost logical. Men are taught that women are their property and are supposed to serve them sexually and in other ways. Sometimes men rape women who do not seem to respect their authority. Rape or another form of violence is then inflicted so as to ensure the woman's respect or fear. Some men rape women because they despise women. Some men rape women because they believe it is absurd for a woman to say no to their sexual advances. And if she, says, if she does say no, it is not to be taken seriously and is even offensive. But a common factor underlying why this continues in our society's blind eye, blind eye and tacit acceptance of rape. Most rapists are never caught and they are never brought to book. While the conviction rate of sexual offenders have increased, rape remains poorly reported. The increased trend in convictions in the past reporting period of the 6,341 sexual offences cases, including rape, that were brought to court, 4,716 convictions were obtained according to the NPA 2017-2018 annual report. This represents a conviction rate of 74.4%, the highest in the past five years, a clear indication of the commitment of the prosecutors to act decisively against perpetrators of sexual violence, says the annual report. This should serve as an encouragement to complainants to break the silence and report the offender. Questions that we can reflect on are, what strikes you most about the above articles? And what effect does rape have on women? There are some guidelines that can assist. What do I do if I am being abused? Don't suffer in silence. If you are being physically, psychologically, emotionally, or sexually abused, it is important that you seek help you do not have to continue to suffer in silence. Talk to someone you can trust. Confide in a friend, a neighbor, a relative, a spiritual leader or elder, a doctor or a counselor. It is not your fault. There is no excuse for any form of abuse and you do not have to put up with it. Both physical and emotional abuse is against the law and help is available through the legal system. You can get help. You can use the legal system to help you. Go to the domestic violence court closest to you and apply for a protection order. 
lay a criminal charge against the abuser, for example, rape, sexual assault, or physical violence. What are the signs that my friend is being abused? Unexplained bruises, broken bones, sprains or marks, excessive guilt or shame for no apparent reason, secrecy or withdrawal from friends and family, avoidance of school or social events with excuses that don't seem to make any sense. How do I help an abused friend? Listen. A person who is being abused needs someone to empathetically listen to and believe in him or her. It is not his or her fault. Help your friend understand that it is not his or her fault and that they are not a bad person, but that the abuser or perpetrator has done this to them. Encourage them to seek help. Your friend also needs your encouragement to get help immediately, particularly if they are a minor from parent, family member, or guidance counselor. If a friend has been raped, encourage the friend to go to a hospital within 72 hours to test for HIV. The hospital may start them on a short course of antiviral treatment that can reduce chances of getting HIV and report the matter to the police. What can I do to stop abuse? Speak out against women abuse. Encourage silent women survivors to challenge abuse and ensure that they get help. Men are critical partners in the fight against the abuse of women and children. Men and boys are encouraged to talk about abuse and actively discourage abusive behavior. Families must stick together to create a safe environment for women. Women are to build each other and journey together to encourage empowerment. Parents and adults can make sure that children are not exposed to inappropriate sexual and violent material. Volunteer some of your time and energy in support of a non-governmental organization or community group working in your area to help abused women. Use your life skills and knowledge to help support survivors of abuse. How can I stop abusing my partner? Acknowledge that what you are doing is wrong, no matter what the degree. Stop rationalizing abusive treatment of other people as acceptable. Abuse is never healthy or acceptable regardless of the messages you may have been taught or witnessed in the past. If alcohol makes you more likely to commit violence, stop, reduce. Avoid alcohol and drugs in dealing with your problems. Exercise and listen to soothing music to cope with stress. Walk away from confrontation until you have calmed down. Seek professional assistance of a psychologist or another professional. Donate some money to organizations working to end violence against women. Encourage in online dialogue, engage in online dialogues. Seek help if you are emotionally, physically, or sexually abusive to your partner or your children. Stop gender-based violence helpline on 0800 
0800-150-150. And your suicide helpline, you contact on 0800-567-567. Let us pray. Gracious God, we thank you for the many gifts you have given us, our faith, our families, our church, our community, and our friends. May your Holy Spirit continue to guide us in all that we do. Let there be peace on earth. Amen. Amen. Guide us while waking and guide us while sleeping, that awake we may watch with Christ and asleep we may rest in peace. Amen. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and, and the, the love, love of God, God and, and the, the fellowship, fellowship of, of the Holy Spirit, Spirit be with us all forever. forever. Amen. Amen.